0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to season three of It and Sip It. I'm really happy to open 2023 with a very special guest, an in-person interview with Victoria Barovska. She is our partnership lead at Parallect. And I've talked with her before about a year and a half ago when she was just sort of getting into the flow of work at Parallect as a project manager. And today we're going to talk about how that's changed a year and a half later and uh, what you're up to now so how are you today
1: i'm excited great to be back to minsk office to meet new people to have you know this kind of atmosphere like it was a year and a half ago and uh yeah it's a special honor and a bit of pressure to be your first guest for season three
0: i'm really excited i'm sure you'll do great uh since it is the first week of january it would be remiss to not talk about resolutions a little bit do you love them hate them believe in them follow them how do you feel about resolutions?
1: Well, it's sure thing a really great thing to start your year, but it's actually really hard to pull yourself together after the Christmas break, New year's break, and, you know, kind of the start of the year after, you know, doing really hard job during 2022 as well. But still, um, I do love the kind of planning for the year, and I did something for um, this year too. It's not like something really... I don't know, aspiring to, you know, conquer the mountains or something like this. Just, to, you know, to um, have something planned for myself, to know um, when I need to perform, where I need to perform, what I need to do. And, uh, yeah, just taking it easy not to stress myself, stress from the beginning of the year. I even actually read today that um, you need to start do all of your year plans from March. Because basically, during the winter, you're kind of sleeping, you're recovering from the previous year you're recovering from the holidays and yeah, so March is a perfect time to start.
0: So it's kind of like animals, like bears in the forest. Yeah. They don't really do anything until they wake up in the spring.
1: Yeah. Like not doing nothing like 100%, but just taking it easy and step by step coming to your normal, um, you know, condition. I can see in, that. in, in spring. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I can see that. I could get down with that. Let's figure it out by March. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, I guess uh, in that vein of setting goals and things, um, do you put more emphasis on sort of professional objectives or personal or just a mix of both?
1: I would say kind of the resolution for 2023 would be this really perfect mix between work and my personal life and my, let's say, activities, my hobbies. And, uh, of course, I have a lot of um, ideas what I can do better or, like, improve or, you know, get more creative at work, of course. But I also have some personal plans, let's say, where I would like to go, what I would like to try new this year. And yeah, maybe, I don't know, something also connected to my out-of-work life.
0: All right. So we'll get into all of those things in today's show. But today we're actually recording this on your two-year anniversary of joining Parallax. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, It's been awesome to work with you um, over the past two years. Do you have any highlights or things that you've learned that you'd love to share?
1: Well, it's already two years, (laughs) Well, I actually remember when I was coming to Paralect exactly two years ago from this day. And of course I was different. This was just a girl with big eyes um, thinking, I don't know, that, I don't know, everything is fun. I still think everything is fun, but now I kinda had some hardships and lessons learned throughout these two years uh, while working as a project management and also with the new role as well. Well, the main highlight, I would say, is, um, first of all, of course, getting my first project, because this was actually my first project management role ever in life. And uh, then, I guess, also every successful, actually, all of the projects uh, I've been running, they were successful. We don't have any other in Parallax, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, like every closure or continuation of the project, this was also a very huge milestone for me as well as a person. Because you're not only running the project, you're also meeting new teammates from Paralect or you're meeting the founders or like project teammates from their side. And actually with um, some of them, maybe with most of them, we're really in great terms till this moment. Even with some of them, we became uh, really great peers, like friends and uh this is what also really great because you see them not 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 just as your um i don't know work guys that you're just seeing on your computer or on uh, google meetings while working but also you know that there are really cool guys outside of work and you can chat with them or you can also discuss them things going on let's i don't know in the community in venture in startups world and it's also really cool um well I would also say that it's really cool. I've tried a lot of new things at Parallax during this time, like um, I've been trying to engage not only for project management things, but also, let's say, for, I don't know, something with product or with business analysis or also with um, business dev sales. Maybe this is how I appear it here now. And uh what else? We've also been to um conferences a lot this year We're after talk about
0: the conference. Yeah. Right.
1: All right. So it was like a very huge milestone. Like after the um, you know, COVID and culture yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's really great to see that many people around you. And uh yeah, the next maybe milestone is me transferring from project management to business development, which was kinda of not a really um easy decision for me because you're actually turning your life upside down then and uh, this is where we appear at the second year right now here a lot was done in the past and of course a lot is also planned for the future now so maybe in the third year we will talk about what was accomplished during this my second year of work
0: sure i'll I'll be happy to have that conversation but uh, we should put a pause here and talk about what happened sort of in the last year especially the last few months um you guys have started what what is Kickstart. So let's let's start with the result, which is that, um, and work backwards from there into how it came to be. So uh kickstart.paralect.com is the landing page that was launched a few months ago. Yep. And there anybody can see a lot of cool things, and it is a collection of tools that we offer discounts and special programs for startups uh, to use while they build and launch their MVP or the product here with us. So is that an accurate description? What would you add to that?
1: It's precise description. Like, I would just say that um, as if we had it right now, it's like, you can call it MVP, by the way, just because we're having only the kind of benefits and um, discounts from our partners but ideally this was planned as a kind of getaway or like I don't know platform helper to kickstart actually the launch of um, startups for the founders because basically I um, assume that first two main steps for them while launching their own venture is first of all of course to start and they um, not always know where to do it And let's say also what we see throughout our work is that they do not usually have enough um, resources for this, especially money. And that's why such kind of um, special benefits or, you know, free credits that the um, partners can give to them, or let's say discounts that also they can provide, is something really helpful for the founders in their very first steps. And the next thing that I'm currently uh, working on with also Parallel team is um, making it as a community where the founders can also get access to um, um, kind of investors network. Because basically once they launched or let's say they validate their idea, they like 99% they want to go to fundraise money. And that's why this is also where they have some obstacles. And that's why we also would like to support them on this step. So basically this would be kind of um, the platform where you can get help on your first step and very complex one, where to launch it, and the next one, where to fundraise. So that's where we work right now.
0: Sounds amazing. And I guess we'll just sum up what's there at the moment, because I assume it's still growing. So there's around $130,000 worth of discount.
1: It's already $150,000. $150,000 are awesome.
0: So uh, I guess, how how did you pull this together? And what are some of the highlighted tools or programs under there that you'd like to tell founders about?
1: First of all, long story short, I started kind of doing all of these partnerships just to, you know, um, offer as an added value to our founders who already work with us, let's say who we're trying to take on board with us. Because um, first of all, we've been trying to gather the um, tools that we especially work while launching or working with founders and startups at Parlect. And that's why we of uh, gather this backlog of tools and services that we use. And um, yeah, that's how I just uh, started to kind of, you know, research what they can offer to us or do they even offer something. And then I just realized that most of them are really um, helping to the early stage startups where, let's say, you know, yeah, like all of them have their requirements, but still um, they are eagerly um, helping them. And that's why I just decided why not to hop on this and be kind of the parallax. Um, they call it Accelerator or Venture Studio or no matter what. they just just um, helping you to get the special offers for your portfolio companies or let's say for the companies you would like to be referred. And um, yeah, this is how we started to grow this pool of benefits for us.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like a really sort of, I don't know, synchronistic situation where uh a lot of these tools, I mean, there's Notion, there's Mixpanel, there's a lot of big name tools that founders will be maybe familiar with, maybe have heard of before. And a lot of them already have sort of discounts for startups. So theoretically, the founder could say, I want to use this tool and I just need to apply blah, blah, blah. But what you've done is really curated them into, this is what our teams already know how to work with very quickly and they're very familiar with. And it's also a way that the founder doesn't have to waste time sort of figuring it out themselves. If they work with us, they basically get all these things that they need anyway. And it makes a lot of sense because there's this sort of funding crunch right now. So founders are sort of uh, really eager for ways to extend runway. So free tools is one great way. to. Is that how founders have received it? What's the feedback been like?
1: Actually, I don't know why, but as far as I see, um, a lot of our portfolio current projects, they started to apply by the end of the year to different kind of tools. And uh, this is actually really um, beneficial for them because um, they would anyway use those tools that we are kind of offering to them. But now they're getting the discount for it. So basically, we're saving those money that, let's say, from the very beginning, they are really, you know, kind of careful to spend to somewhere. So I would say, yeah, the feedback is absolutely positive. And uh, I usually get the feedback from product managers like, hey, do we have it in our portfolio? And I'm like, no, not yet. I'm still working on it or something like this. So this is how I see this feedback from, you know, like first users of it, that they need it, they use it, the founders love it. And uh, this is also how I realize who we need to also onboard uh, to our, you know, kind of network of partners as well. Cool.
0: Um, let's dig in a little bit to the process that you've you've gone through to th- onboard all these partners, uh, because there's some wonderful ones there. And for a long time, we've wanted to sort of build out this partnership network, but you're the one that really made it happen. So, uh, tell us about that. How do you connect with the right people at these companies? How do you sort of curate which ones to use or which ones to approach? And maybe what are you looking at as gaps in what's there now? What are you chasing after?
1: So starting first, who I wanted to, let's say, contact first, I would say my project management experience helped me here a lot because I was also working directly with founders and with our teams. And I know what tools and services, let's say, we use for any kind of project. And that's how I started to gather this backlog of, um, let's say, names that I would like to see firsthand there and, um, you know, just started to outreach them. I just opened their landing pages. I I know that they have some kind of always like sales or partnerships names there. Um, What was also also really easy for me and uh, what I discovered during this process of partnering with them is that usually big names, let's say like MongoDB or um, DigitalOcean, they have uh, their startup programs that already have this kind of batch of benefits that they gathered for the startups and it's easier for it's easier for them, let's say, to offer us something kind of exclusive only for our um portfolio companies. So yeah, and it's why like you usually um fill in the information about Parallax, about the projects we have, you of course always motivate like do this motivation about why you would like to apply there, why do you want to become a part of their um community. And then uh, we either have a call with someone responsible for the partnerships in the company or you are just being, let's say, answered by the email like, hey guys, congrats, you've been selected for the program.
0: Super. Uh, Are there any that you're working on now, any that are sort of in the pipeline to be added to the program soon? Uh,
1: Yep. Actually, there are like three of them right now. I think we decided to have one more call in January, actually, just after all of the holidays. And I think, can I can I say the names right now? Or is it like, okay, so uh, yeah, <laughs> we are working currently with um, Crisp Chats. We are working with Vercel and with Apollo. So this is the call that I still need to make to finally know the answer.
0: Super. Um, I guess... Are there any other benefits uh, besides the ones we already talked about, which would be saving money and the team's familiarity with the tools? Uh, What what other benefits do you see for the founders to the Kickstart program?
1: So basically, it's also the community. Of course, it's not like a lot of founders right now there, but so it's going to be a community of like-minded people as well. They can share their ideas or let's say, I don't know, maybe... They can also make a synergy somewhere and make their own project as well together. It's also, um, as I said, the Kickstarter is going to be expanded. It's going to be not only the um, benefits as discounts and free credits for them, not only even the investors network for them, but also we're planning to include there some kind of maybe um services like partners with services that let's say we do not provide in parallel, let's say like full fledged marketing for them, because this is what we do for our project, but maybe um as an added value, not as a, you know, main service for them. And um yeah, so we're still thinking about some ways also to expand this value for them. And yeah, I think this is something I'm going to work in twenty twenty three for Kickstarter.
0: I look forward to seeing it expand and I'm sure it will become more and more valuable for founders as you keep continuing on this path. How how do we plan to let more founders know about this? Because so far we've been a little bit coy, a little bit quiet about yeah. Kickstart. So what are your thoughts around uh, getting more people aware that we have this?
1: We definitely need to make more announcement in social media right now, I think. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of shifted my focus right now from Kickstart. But, of course, I'm going to be back there um, next week, probably, because we're having a new year and I kind of, yeah, finished my task that I needed to finish before the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, me bleeding this process and, let's say, taking also magician guys from parallax who's going to help me with the promotion uh yeah we're going to brainstorm how to make it more public and right now
0: and we can talk about it on the show Yep. so that's step one all right anything else you'd like to share about kickstart before we move on to our next section
1: uh actually you already have a perfect opportunity to join kickstart for free because we're still testing it and you can be kind of the first among first users um, using it, actually. Can we insert the promo code for this, Hugh? He- yeah, yeah, yeah. Promo Great. Promo code. So promo code is going to be here. Uh, please join Kickstarter.
0: Can, can you say it too? Because some people only listen to the podcast.
1: I actually wanted to create it for shipper and sip It especially. Okay. Can we cut it? <laughs> okay. It could be Ship23.
0: Ship what, 23. What kind of name
1: word. would you like to create it? Actually, I wasn't thinking about it.
0: <laughs> uh, let's do uh, Ship It 2023.
1: Okay. So the code is going to be here. It's going to be Ship It 2023. So it's going to give you free access. And please join yeah. Kickstart.
0: Go check out Com. Enter the promo code. Ship it 2023 and join the community that VEK is building there. Uh, And good luck to everyone this year building their startups. All right. On to quick questions. We'll take a little break from the serious work stuff (laughs) and get to know you a little bit. Um, What is your favorite takeaway or delivery food category or item?
1: It's sushi or croissants.
0: (laughs) Uh, what's one app on your phone that you would like to use less in
1: 2023? Instagram. Why? I'm not having TikTok, and as my friends like to say, I'm mean, like an old lady watching all of the TikToks on Instagram, but I know if I download it, I'm going to spend even more time there. Yeah. Of course, it's not just, you know, kind of no-brainer videos or reels that I'm watching there, but, you know, it's kind of, it's dragging you there. You just lose the time.
0: So you want to use Instagram less because you're afraid that it's dragging you towards TikTok?
1: No, it's dragging me, you know, kind of, it's, it's wasting my time. I know it's like, no. I even have this limit in my, in my phone for 30 minutes, but I always skip it. (laughs)
0: For me, it's Twitter. I don't know. I, Twitter is just much more sad and terrible news about the world usually. And then the other subset is like startup people.
1: Well, actually, I wanted to jump on this Twitter road this year, too, because it's actually really a great platform to, you know, engage with community and also, I don't know, to meet new people and to meet new founders as well. But I'm not using it. Somehow it's kind of, I don't know, complex for me. <laughs> it's,
0: you're, I don't think you're missing very much. It's gotten a lot worse since the um, the Rocket guy took over. So. Okay. <laughs> That's my opinion. Uh, don't hate me tesla bros all right next up a place you'd like to work remotely from for one or two months in the near future could be 2023 could be anytime
1: well i'm back to our main office today and that's why i'm thinking wow it's really great to be back here it's like as if you know I was here always, but I actually really miss this place a lot because this is basically the place where you work. It's not your home, not your, you know, I don't know, kitchen or any other room in the apartment that you work from. And apart from this, maybe I'm thinking of something, I don't know, fancy. Maybe it could be Italy, some kind of small picturesque village and hiking and going to the bakeries and talking Italian, And meeting um, founders from there because I've been meeting uh, actually a lot of people from Italian startup ecosystem and they seem really engaging and really exciting. So that's why, um, yeah, I would say Italy as well, small village in Italy.
0: Cool. I don't remember if we've had any Italian teams or founders.
1: No, not yet.
0: Well, there you go. The opportunity is there. Um, Well, good luck with that. I know you're studying Italian this, this term. Maybe you'll make that dream come true. Speaking of meeting founders and sort of building community, let's talk a little bit about the conferences you went to last year because that was uh, a new thing for you. and It was also, as you mentioned, sort of post-COVID, finally get to be sort of face-to-face with large groups of people. It feels nice, I'm sure. So uh, where did you go and uh, what were some highlights from
1: it? So me personally, I was visiting, attending two um, conferences this year. First one was in June in Berlin, actually, not really far away from me. And the second one was in Lisbon. It was Web Summit. And this was also a really new experience for me in terms of being a project management project manager this time and then partnership by the time of Lisbon. And, uh, of course, I was visiting them before Parallect as well, but even after COVID, this feels actually... Kind of new as well, because you actually get used to being more, you know, online meeting people only, you know, e-meeting as people call it right now. And then when you see a lot of people going around you, they are all like-minded, and you are like, "Wow, we are all real. We can talk in person. We can meet somewhere. We can chat. We can walk, and uh, you can also listen to the speakers that come to um, attend also the conference. That's it's really great, and." um well, Humberlin in June was, of course, smaller than Web Summit because Web Summit is like, I think it's like the the largest tech conference in the world. It's,
0: it's like its own city. I
1: don't even know. Yeah, it's like the conference. Comp- I, have, I haven't been there. So you yeah, it's it was... it's it's actually true. Like the whole Lisbon turns into the conference itself. Because um, I think like second or third day of conference out of four was a total um, mess. I would say they even stopped the subway. Uh, the taxis were really hard to catch and but anyways this was all worth it because the concentration of founders of investors of um you know famous people from the from the network from the community like venture community is so huge and you know that you can see them like i don't know like i see you right now It's, it's it's really awesome and so exciting and um It also was a new possibility for us to meet new founders also for our portfolio or let's say to meet those investors that we also can work together to help our portfolio companies as well. And um, yeah, still it's like broadening your horizons, like nothing can compare with this real face-to-face meetings with people. It's not your video meetings.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So what were some of the results or key takeaways you had from either of those conferences?
1: So I would say we've met um, a lot of investors that we're currently working on and we can refer our portfolio products to them as well. Um, It's, I would say, harder, like a little insight from me, just my opinion maybe, it's a little harder to um, attract founders from these conferences because as we see, most of them are already coming either for fundraising or either for, um, you know, kind of meeting their clients. And let's say they rarely needs a team expansion or let's say companies you can help them with and um, anyways it's also really great to see and to be the first testers of their applications for, let's say or the product and that's why um, it's still harder for us to attract someone but uh, from web summit we've brought a new project for us uh, victoria another victoria Antonovich. Uh, she did a really great job, and that's why we're having currently uh, a new product. pre Go. Yeah, from pre Go, right.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a really cool product and a really cool idea. It's a health tech app and platform for the UK market. What was that meeting like? How did you guys connect with them?
1: Uh, a huge help here is the applications that they usually... Um, built for such events and basically you see all of the people who are attending there of different roles let's say it could be either the general attendee or let's say it could be the investor or the speaker or the founder itself and uh, let's say you can just choose the person or people or i don't know bunch of people who you would like to talk to in conference or let's say before it yeah, and you're just texting them. It's like a usual social network that you're going to use, let's say, two weeks before and two weeks after the conference and then forget until the next conference is taking place.
0: I had a question there about the types of founders you mentioned that usually go to these bigger conferences like uh, Web Summit. It seems like they already have a product or they don't need... Team expansion—they're there to find investors more. Is that kind of how I understand it? Um, are there has that shifted our focus on events going forward? Are there events that are more tailored f- towards like really early stage idea stage founders that we tend to serve?
1: Yeah, I think so. Let's say, for example, if we're targeting the early stage startups, well, when it comes to um, Web Summit in Lisbon. Sure thing can find such startups as well, but like in 70,000 people attending the conference, it's like... So anyways, um, we can target the um, startups, let's say, that are eager to scale, let's say, after they fundraise. Because basically what we also see, they can um, have some money for their MVP. They burn it all to, let's say, validate it, to create the um, marketing and, let's say, to launch the application itself. And then they're coming to fundraise and then try to uh, scale the application more. And maybe this is where we can also help them. Or maybe we can also suggest them having Kickstart to join and to see maybe someone from the investors network can help them.
0: Right on. And I guess the last question about events, um, what do you have planned for this year? Do you have any lined up that you're planning to attend or you're going to with Kate and Vika?
1: Frankly speaking, we haven't given it a thought yet. But maybe still, as we've been visiting um, Web Summit in Lisbon, they're going to have Web Summit, I think, in May or somewhere in spring in Rio.
0: Yeah, I heard they're moving to Brazil.
1: Yeah, but they're. I think they're still going to have it in Lisbon, but in in autumn as well. So it's kind it of could be twice a year. But I'm not sure. I'm gonna not lie here.
0: It can't be two summits. Oh, I get it. Okay.
1: So, yeah, that's why what we also discussed with Kate today, maybe we need to go there. We just need to negotiate a more and, yeah, of course, to gather up all of the um, events that we would like to visit this year. It's just January 4th.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, did you have any insights about sort of the size of the events? Was Do you think that the events of, of the caliber of Web Summit are more beneficial for you, you guys to go to or the one in the bits and in-
1: uh, Hub Berlin.
0: Hub Berlin. Yeah. Uh, was quite a bit smaller. Maybe you have some ideas there. Uh, is it better to target bigger ones or smaller ones?
1: I think it depends. I think I felt comfortable in both of them because, let's say, uh, when it's smaller, like Hub Berlin, you can, um, I don't know, contact and interact with people easily, more easier than in Web Summit because you know it's like eighty thousand people and uh, a lot of people are trying to contact you via the application and you see just the crowds of people wandering around the um you know kind of venues during the web summit itself and that's why it can be um harder than Humberlin, let's say but uh when the conference is as big as a web summit it's uh let's say more opportunities for you to find something that you are personally looking for so it's like it's good and bad for both of sizes of the conferences
0: I guess my oh, I guess I do have more questions about events. Uh, I wonder if you saw other sort of agencies there that you thought would be a good model or, or had some good ideas for how we might be able to expand our presence at events like this. Do we need a booth? Do we need our own like marketing setup? Do we need to have more presence, or is it enough for just a couple? people from from your team to go and sort of network via the app
1: i think um for example in web summit we saw some companies that could be of a similar let's say mindset that we have in Perlect and they even had their own booths there let's say the founders themselves or so the investors let's say any attendee could go there and talk to people who are representing the company and as far as i know this This is like real for us as well, but this can take time and this is a really long process because, you know, a lot of people would like to go on there. Um, Of course, like having just a couple of people is not enough, but I would say it's just up to you always how to um, position yourself during the conference. Let's say you need to be as creative as you could be even beyond it. Uh, let's say you can wear something bright there, because, you know, a lot of people are going on it, like, I don't know, like, you you, you just mix them with the rest of the crowd. And let's say, actually, Vika uh, was having a really, really kind of fancy jacket, and people were coming to her and just asking, wow, what a cool jacket, where did you get it? And I think this is, like, what brings attention to you. I don't know, maybe we can also... Make this fancy, fun, uh, cool, and no like merch for us as well to be just noticeable by people and uh, yeah, just attract their attention.
0: Sounds good. Sounds like we have some opportunities uh, to expand those event marketing tactics, I guess. All right. Uh, So during that last year, you went to two events. The first event, you were there as a representative of. Sort of project management. The second event, you are already in your new role as partnership lead. So, can you tell us a little bit about that transition? Um, what what sort of made you willing to to make that jump and step away from project management? Because you had really like you had about a year as a project manager by that point, or a little bit more.
1: Year and a maybe something maybe a bit
0: so more. you just sort of getting comfortable maybe in the role, sort of mastering it a little bit, um, and you decide to step away. What what was that about?
1: As I mentioned, maybe from the very beginning, Parallel gives you um, opportunity to test any hypothesis you have or you would like to test during your work. And this is maybe how I started to be engaged more in sales or business development processes, especially while working on the pre-sale process and uh, I think more and more I just started to be engaged in business development. Uh, I started uh, to work closely with our current business developers. And um, at a certain point, I think um, the team or maybe myself, I also realized that um, I'm ready to go with the colleagues to Hub Berlin as a, let's say, also a sales or a business development representative. And um, after this, I was started, uh, I started working with partnerships. And this is, was this was maybe the turning point for me to jump from project management to partnerships and to business development. Cool.
0: So you didn't like burn out on project management or anything like that?
1: Well, I think it wasn't a really easy decision for me. I would say even that maybe one of the points why I decided to make this change is that, as you said, I started to feel comfortable in this and I'm the person who really likes challenges. like. Of course, we had some kinds of ups and downs in the projects. Like it's 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 a process. It usually happens during the work, but maybe challenges appear to be less, and that's why I decided to jump into a totally new uh, thing for me. And this is how I appeared in business development. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, very cool. And I'm sure you'll continue to to thrive in this. Speaking of your personality, uh, one of our teammates described you as. So smart, but she is too shy and she brought us tons of creativity. Um, I don't think, I don't know if I agree completely with the shy part, uh, but I agree with the rest. Uh, Do you consider yourself shy? And if yes, what were some of sort of the coping skills or ways that you overcame that at these very public events?
1: So... I think I could be shy, but I'm trying not to show it to people because at the end of the day, no one wants to see your shyness and talk to a shy person. Like, what's what's the point of this? And, uh, well, when it's at the conferences or at the calls uh, with, you know, people who you would like to attract on board with Parallax, Um, once you're starting to talk with them, you just forget about the shyness because you know that you need to perform, you need to talk to them, you need to... Tell really great things that we know with you what is Paralect, and we would like to communicate it to them as well and um I would also say I could be shy in terms of the things that are unknown to me, let's say when it's business development and when I started to have my first calls with the founders, I was like, "Wow, I've been doing this only when I was having my own projects as a project manager, and they already know about Paralect, and now I'm having a call with completely stranger." <laughs> Selling the truth but I'm getting used to it so
0: yeah. Uh, so let's dig into that a little bit um, if you have sort of that new challenge in work how do you um, find answers to to get more comfortable with it are you someone who goes to a colleague to ask for advice do you call a friend do you google do you read like find an online course with an ebook. How, how do you sort of solve this?
1: Well, when there is something that I still don't know, let's say it's just the knowledge that I need to learn, I just Google it, I ask the colleagues if needed, because also I don't want to distract them with the every question popping up in my head. And, um, well, let's say first thing when I'm trying to be shy, well, let's say when a person can be shy, it's just when you are... I don't know. You just, it's, it's just the first false um, emotion that you're getting, and it's not really good. So that's why I'm just trying to calm myself, and I just say that, hey, it's nothing really hard for you. Just go Google it or ask someone, or just think, um, just brainstorm the ideas, what you can do for this, or even uh, what, you, what you can do that no one else can do. And uh, this is where you get the really great results.
0: Super. And I just have one more question about sort of the transition into pre-sales and sales and business development. Uh, Were there certain skills or experiences that you brought from being a project manager into that process that were particularly helpful?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, as I said, as a project manager, you dig more into how the projects work, what they use, how they use it, what's the workflow for either developers or designers or for the rest of the teammates. And while, let's say, having these calls with the founders, they, of course, ask you such questions that are really precise and detailed to start or to launch or to continue the project. And uh, this is where I can easily um, answer them. I don't need to, let's say, I don't know, contact any of my colleagues to help me with. Or let's say once I'm launching this uh, pre-sale process, um, I am also able to manage it myself sometimes when I have time. And, of course, also to advise something uh, on the spot to the founder, what could be improved in his project. Or, let's say, um, when he has some assumptions or hypotheses, we can just brainstorm it together with him. Because while working as a project manager, I gained such expertise as well.
0: All right. Those are all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the founders or the viewers and listeners of ShipIt and SipIt?
1: Just have a really great year. Don't uh, hesitate to start your venture. It's going to be a really rough path, but you're going to make it. If you need any help, you can just contact us at Parlect and we're going to help you with anything you can have.
0: That's right. Uh, get in touch with Vika and, uh, and the team and they will make your dreams come true, right? Right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Episode Cheers one. for the 2023. Champions. Yep. Yeah. Yay. Cheers. Happy New Year, everybody.